welcome to another episode of the Herd Main Show. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. And we are back and continuing our discussion of The Mandalorian Season 1. Le Mandalore. We'd talk about Season 2 if we had a trailer. John Favreau. <laughs> okay, look. Dave Filoni. It's, our biggest fans. It's coming. <laughs> Dude. It's coming eventually, yes. If Dave Filoni was one of our fans, I would die. Uh, you know, I would I would have reached the peak of, of joy. Then yeah. If, if someone who makes a Star <laughs> yeah. War could listen to me talk about a Star War yeah. and be like, that's cool. Let it be known. I'm happy. Uh, Dave and Liv, future newlyweds. That's not going to be the happiest moment of your life. It's going to be the happiest moment of your life when someone who does a Star War <laughs> listens to your podcast. No, there's many great moments. <laughs> uh, I, this spe- no, that specifically. No, no. Don't backtrack. <laughs> no, I I am a multifaceted man, and I can take joy in many multifaceted things. Heck yeah, you can. And one of my facets is a Star War, and um, I mean it. It's definitely something I have thought about recently. I think about often even um what's a win for me and for this podcast and while i joke about it being a star wars creator and and some name although genuinely like to have someone who made this thing think that the way i talk about a thing is cool like that Mm -hmm. that's a win but even just like i think about um and this is just not part of the intro and completely vain, but <laughs> I think about Star Wars Celebration and I think about how I felt meeting people I had heard from and listened to and watched yeah. and followed for so long. And that was the first real moment to meet those people and it never disappointed. Oh yeah, like meeting, um, I completely forgot her name, Yoda Bauer. Oh yeah. Yeah, and the Tatooine Sons podcast, meeting the Sons, and, like, putting a face to the name and mm-hmm. being like, oh, you're a person. That's yeah. weird. Um, th- like, I-, I feel like a win for me is knowing somewhere, somehow, yeah. there's one person that listens to our podcast, and if they met us at Star Wars Celebration, would have a good day. Like, yeah. you know, again, super vain, probably, but <laughs> uh, I just being on the other side of star wars creating that's kind of you know a hope and dream yeah people are happy that we do a thing and if we didn't that you know it means something but anyway um meet the great behemoth Noah outlaw (laughs) so no uh challenge him to -to hand-to-hand combat sorry (laughs) we're we're winning always when we're talking about star wars and so we are continuing our series like i said we decided we were going to talk about Mandalorian season one leading up to season two. Looks like we're going to end that a little earlier than the premiere, but uh, just in time, still close mm-hmm. enough. So we talked about the first three episodes, what I would call the package arc uh, last yes. week. That's very much um, the whole get the mission, get the kid, then escape with the kid. Mm-hmm. This would be what I call the run. You know, this is very much him trying to figure out what life is like now that he has making made this choice now that he has taken this way you know how does that look for uh, our mando character and then next week we'll talk about the reckoning um <laughs> when it all comes to a head uh and whatnot so hopefully you checked out last week's if not i mean eh, yeah you you should have seen the mandalorian by now why are you listening to us and not watching the mandalorian but um nonetheless you can check out that episode you can stop now we will forgive you and go back or you can just go back after this one yeah but hopefully you're strapped in got your jetpack got your blue milk and you're ready to talk some mando As mentioned, we already discussed the first three chapters or episodes, as I knee-jerkly refer to them. However, listen, man, it's fine. I, you know, I'm just used to it. No so. one cares. Uh, we first talked about those three, so now we're moving on to this. Is the first we get of Mando on again the run. He he's left this life he's known for however long back on yeah. Navarro, which uh, we have a bit more work put in in terms of hopefully being able to name things and all this other stuff um you know why it didn't happen in the last one who knows who knows 
<laughs> We're constantly self-improving, so, yeah. so bear with us. John, how do you feel about these episodes? Uh, well, I enjoy two out of three. <laughs> and you enjoy one out of three? Two out of three? You like chapter uh, six, right? I, I like chapter four. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you liked the one with the kid. I, that is the... No. The, okay. Um, what? Go ahead. There, there's a lot of characters in these episodes that are not very likable, in okay. my opinion. That's just, you know, my opinion. Mm -hmm. I am not a fan of characters that, that are, Too I don't know. Too good at being annoying? Exactly. Kind of irredeemable in that way. Like, that kind of got under my skin the first time watching uh, The Prisoner. Chapter 5. Yeah. So not the one we're talking about. We're talking about chapter 4, dude. Yeah. I know. I'm <laughs> just teasing you. I so let's go ahead and get out the way. The one I introduced that we're talking about first. Yeah. I like We like. One. Okay. Yeah. We're agreeable. Sa Sanctuary is a really good episode. The... It was uh, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. Yeah. She's fine. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like CG and I. Are we just Very complicated. Huh? Are we just in a mood today? No, I, you know, she's very old school. And well, I, she's Ron Howard's daughter. Right. And as with many people I admire, and, yeah. and she's done a lot of great work that I admire. So it was very hard to hear how, and maybe, and I'll go ahead and admit, I'm, I'm going off of one extended sit down that she did on the Disney Plus Mandalorian, you know, yeah. uh, look. I've only seen minor interviews before. So it's never come up, but you know, she just, again, old school. So in terms of some of her comments on CG, I'm just very, yeah, I, I am a big proponent that the future can be both. It can be practical. It can be CGI. Exactly. As it, long as it's good. We're not, you know, we, we've never been ones to poo poo visual effects it practical or CGI mm -hmm. because we, like you said, we love both. Mm -hmm. what kind of breaks it is bad cgi which there well, is none in star wars i don't believe i wouldn't i wouldn't say there is um you know but uh, similarly you know bad physical effects can be just as bad there's many exactly. things i wish people would do cg but there's also many things i do i agree should have mm -hmm. been practical but i never know the uh, the circumstances i never know exactly. production wise what warranted it you know uh, I only just recently learned from a film that I really enjoy why they went with CGI blood for uh, many of the scenes. And it was literally just because they were forced into a tight, I think like three month like, schedule. Yeah. Like it was like 90 days. Um, and that's to shoot the whole, whole thing. And that's just like, it's a very long movie. <laughs> okay. So I would go with CG blood too. Yeah. You know, if I didn't have to do many practical effects, I wouldn't. Um, so, you know, I'm very middle of the ground with that. So it was just very difficult to, uh, to it, it always is when I, again, when I like someone's work and, and whatnot to hear that they're, they take a side on that sort of thing. I don't really think that's kind of the thing to take a side on. Yeah. Um, I will say the work she was able to do with this episode, which does blend both it's is very, good. Uh, very, very good. Uh, so much to really love in chapter four. And again, we mentioned last week, um, we didn't hear from anybody and that's y'all's fault. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're not hurt. We'll get over it. Um, no, we, we follow a lot of people that are big fans of this chapter in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I totally get why I love it. Um, yeah, it starts off with a great baby Yoda scene. Yeah. Well, like you pointed out, uh, throughout is a lot of good baby Yoda stuff because oh, yeah. this is very much meant to be all right. Kind of unbuckle let you know breathe a little bit this is the first time i'd say whether it be a combination of okay the mandalorian is now outside of this world again he's known for so long this bounty hunting mandalorian mm -hmm. hiding under the city life that now he's just very oh breathe yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but i think symbolically the episode represents that because you you look at the environment he was predominantly in and the you know again Navarro the planet where he comes from which I just imagine just a tatted up dude whenever I hear that name, um, 
but uh, that's a reference to um, Ink Masters, yes. by the way. So. I got it. Um, you forced me to watch Ink Masters before. I, I enjoy that show. I know you do. Um, no, like you see, it's very bleak, very run down, very uh, resource drained. You go from that to this very natural world, this very green world, this very, a world that would make Ray go, oh, you know, like <laughs> it, it's, it's yeah. counter. And I think, I think that's meant to represent his, him in a season of growing because he's in a new season. Like, you know, um, I think it's entirely I, like he's been replanted. I, like I'm going very plant metaphor. I don't know why. Yeah. But he needs to flourish. Yeah. Uh, so all, all of the stuff with him and baby are very relaxed, which new considering everything they've been going through yeah. uh, in just the first three chapters and everything. So um, we, we agree. We like this one. We'll talk more about the rest of them in their own segment. Yeah. Uh, I know. Ma'am, calm, I know. I know. Calm I know. down. Um, but no, so they uh, are on the lamb and end up on a planet called Sorgan or Sorgan. Um, it sounded like he said Sorgan, like Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> They're just an Oregon. But it's spelled Sorgan or Sorgan. I don't know. I, I, I heard an extra consonant. It's Sorgan. It's, it's Smyrna. Or extra Hagen-Garden. vowel, whatever. It's Oklahoma. Let's I wasn't just... good at the grammars. But anyway, so it's basically just one big farm planet. I so, mean, literally Oklahoma. like any Western on the run, you know, uh, kind of character. Yeah. You go to nowhere. And that's what this is kind of meant to represent. Um, though the introduction to this planet happens before the, you know, we get to see Mando and all that other stuff, which mm-hmm. cute scene, baby Yoda Very cute scene. messing with the stuff. Uh, I relate to Mando on a spiritual level because I feel like Boba it tests me like the child does. It does help me. I'm <laughs> um, also there. And I talk to him just as sensibly knowing he cannot understand me one one bit. Like I said, I'm there too. Yeah. So again, foresty, farmy planet. And mm-hmm. uh, we see a village that's raided by Klaatuinian raiders. Um, Which different facial design for Klaatuinians, I think. Thank Very you for different. acknowledging that. I hated like, it. It. I'm sorry. It uh, was the same thing with the Transoceans in the last episode. I need to. I need to. It's been a long week. By the time we're recording this, oh, I'm trying to. I I will check that and filter that. We're I gonna apologize. take a sippy sippy, and we're gonna do um, it. I am not a fan, but again, don't know why. I I, I feel like it might have to do with how many Klaatuinian yeah. characters they had to mask and everything, but. Yeah. The the design is different. It's different than the Return of the Jedi, which is the only physical mm-hmm. uh, portrayal of Klaatuinians, but it's definitely very different than um, the one who appear, uh, Castus, I think, who appears in Clone Wars. Yes. He's that annoying Igor dude. Yes. Hangs out with Aura Singh. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, I get the practicality of it, because in, like I said in the last episode, you have the, not the last episode, the episode before that, um with the trandosians if you look back at a picture of bosk there's no way you would have a guy in action scene in that mask well they look more like um the reptilians from uh doctor who they do way more humanoid it's really weird so overall and that that's why i can't be too mad at this and i can't point it out to any specific fault because it just seems like in general things had to be kind of tweaked for probably what was a very simple production for season one. Mm-hmm. I'm more than sure season two is going to be a little bit different in terms of how it approaches oh, yeah. design and everything, because now it's believed in all of a sudden now it's got clout and it's going to get what it wants. Yeah. So I, I think, and again, they had probably a good two dozen people mm-hmm. uh, done up as Klaatuinians for these scenes. So they were probably just stunt performers. Oh yeah. You want, you want simple outfits for that and everything. So, but anyway, I mean, none, nonetheless, uh, I, I, Klaatuinians don't appear much. So I guess I'm just bitter because I wish they would have gotten a little bit more feature. But they're sort of just grunty and, you know, just very meh. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really the point after all because, of course, you know, Mando shows up and this is this is the uh, Seventh Samurai episode. This is the traditional train a village how to fight kind of episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Akira Kurosawa directed and, 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 uh, wrote this story and 
obviously that was a big influence on George and George is a big influence on Filoni. So yeah, it fits. Of course they would kind of fit that in. Yeah. Um, I do like that. It's not entirely as straight seven samurai as normal. Um, it's not, I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. It just it's, like, I get that it's seven samurai, but it doesn't feel like, okay. It's seven samurai in the way that, um, the three must, not the three musketeers, the three amigos is seven samurai. No, don't know that. Oh my gosh. I need to show you that movie. It is stunning. Okay. It's hilarious. It's got Chevy Chase, Steve Martin and Martin short. Oh gosh. That's a lot of old school comedy. It's so funny. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, I think it just takes just a different enough approach to it that it's acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just mean that in the sense that, again, this is such a referenced thing. You know, Seven Samurai is so influential, so re- revered. It's it's just people are going to mimic it. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, the entire show, you could argue, is an adaptation of The Wolf and the Cub. Like, or the golden child, or you know, any other number of bad guy finds child and changes his heart. Exactly. I mean, Natalie Portman herself was in that with the, um, oh gosh, with the French dude from Godzilla. Uh, Are you uh, talking about Leon else. the Professional? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, killer finds a child, but he doesn't change his, his way. Well, I mean, he's still a murderer. Neither does Mando. He teaches her to neither, be a murderer. Neither does Mando. I mean, we haven't seen season two. He's probably going to do the same thing. Probably, <laughs> but there's not going to be a weird undercurrent of that. Well, okay, sure, but I mean, that's a weird movie. All right, I regret my reference. You then. should. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's move on. But yeah, so uh, also this is the appearance of Gina Carano's character, who uh, was highly anticipated. Yeah. Um, Cara Dune. Uh, I don't think she disappoints in this. No, the character. I think- I think Cara Dune does a fantastic job as being tough lady oh, without yeah. being like overly tough. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's always a hard line, which I think, um, and I don't know if this is on Gina Carano's part or if if she's just lucky to work with very sensible people. Mm-hmm. She never seems to be typecast into butch roles. Yeah. And, and I only mean that in the sense of usually there's, there's it's an expectation. Too, well, it's like super extreme. If a woman's going to be tough and hold her own, she has to be like yeah. super, like she basically has to be a change out for a man. Exactly. And it's like, that's, that's not realistic. It's nice to see a female character who is portrayed as a tough girl who does not, she doesn't lack any like feminine qualities. I appreciate that. I love that in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where mm-hmm. she was incredibly effeminate. Which is part of the reason I adore that show Isn't is that, that she's just a teenage um, girl. That's Sarah Michelle Gellar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, who now has reference in Star Wars. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, it's it's um, awesome. She was in I Know What You Did Last Summer too, right? Yeah, she yeah. was. I think that's where they met. Really? I think. I, I, don't know I would for like sure. to believe that. I really enjoy that movie. I've never seen Buffy, so I have yeah. no point of reference for her in that. So yeah. that is a lie. I saw one episode. You want to guess what the episode was about? It was about puppets. Oh, it was, I, like I just remember this scene in the gym and there was a puppet and she thought the puppet was a bad guy and it turns out the puppet was trying to stop the bad guy or some need, silly thing. But it was like, I need to show you the Doug put, Jones episode. Show, show me an episode of anything with a puppet in it and I am there. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I am strange, but I love puppets Ditto. anyway. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I just think that Cara Dune's a, a, a presented as a very well-rounded character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to know she's from uh alderan uh so that's another great reference there in terms of why she would enlist why she would have this fighting attitude Mm -hmm. um and also i found out what spotchka was this was a a drink yeah we were having this conversation during the episode was like what is spotchka what is spotchka turns out that spotchka is a drink made from the krill that they're farming okay so that's that's the whole spotchka thing so, yeah, the whole thing with the Klaatuinians is that they want the krill. To make spotchka. Okay. See. <laughs> it's so silly. A little bit. It's um, okay to say it's silly. Like, because there is a fantastic undercurrent of this episode. There, there's a lot going on that's so good. And I think this, I think the thing with this is uh, what many 
Star Wars Rebels episodes can kind of fall into in that because it has to get done in one episode, a, yeah. a lot gets kind of just introduced and, and moved on. Yeah. Just so that you can get the story. Like yeah. by the end of it, you know, I had said that like I'm fine with justifying parts for in order to keep what I really like about this. Like, does it seem like the romance is maybe a little pushed? Not to me because I contextualize that as they were probably there longer than we think they were. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the kids are very attached to the child. I, again, I feel like more time has kind of passed. I'm one too, that I, I fit in conversations that don't happen on screen. So I take into context that not every conversation these characters had are probably on screen Mm -hmm. that would lead to certain development. Um, I really, I do enjoy the dynamic, um, between Omera and Mando. Um, yeah. Omera's kind of, I don't know if she just kind of takes the role or if she's told to take the role of kind of caretaking for him Yeah. in terms of she opens up her barn to him, uh, provides him with stuff and food. Not, not like that. Although she apparently was very interested in, um, in that. Um, and that's again, why I feel like they pack enough in there for you to insinuate mm-hmm. the kind of conversations they could have had. Yeah. Because, you know, and like, for instance, Kara just drops that she knows she's a widow. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of adds some context. Um, You know, I think that Mando, again, also is in a season of growing. And I think he kind of latches on to the first person that really does seem to care. Mm -hmm. Something he may not have had or has not had in a very long time. Yeah. It it's you know literally to the point of she wants to de-armor him she wants to take (laughs) away these uh things that protect him yeah to get closer like and he's uncomfortable with that he's like not only just from the mandalorian way but just in general he like i don't think he knows how to open i don't think he knows how to i mean and they could season two could reveal oh he had like three ex-college girlfriends and like i don't know but like i'm i'm feeling my interpretation is that he's he enjoys being cared about but he doesn't know how to respond to it if that makes sense i get that 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 is a fair assumption i think and also something that i forgot to mention in the first part is that the lady who is i guess waiting on the owner of the uh bar that mando finds cara dune in mm-hmm. that's josh gad's wife yes yes it is mm-hmm. that's very funny to me that she got into star wars before he did yeah i think he's happy just being friends with daisy ridley yeah. their relationship's very adorable it's very funny he was in the uh the princess bride reunion yes he was uh which was very heartfelt Oh my gosh, oh, so emotional. I don't want to I don't want to feel those feelings right now. <laughs> um so yeah, so Mando and Kara through their circumstances team up. I do enjoy the fights. I enjoy oh, yeah. how the they The fights let, are great. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you can do when you got a professional fighter. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> um I I wonder how the um stunt double actor for Mando kind of reacted. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh anyway, so they uh team up for their circumstances to protect this village and teach them how to fight back, especially once they learn that the Klaatuanians have an ATST. Yes. Which this is cool because it shows how, what happens to tech. Like they clearly just stole that. Yeah. And now use it for their, and, and, and I imagine this is representative of a lot of what's going on throughout the galaxy. This is nine years after Return of the Jedi. And I think there's plenty of people out there that are just what, you know, what happened to it this this imperial armory is not needed anymore so i guess i'll use it and all of a sudden this village belongs to me now like yeah you see a lot of people take this is the season of opportunity i think for a lot of uh power hungry people i mean yeah that's kind of the undercurrent of the entire first season oh yeah absolutely taking advantage of the devastation left by the empire Mm mm-hmm so uh which now with the atst we love oh, oh yes. my god it's such a good scene i've been waiting to talk about this for so long. i love the reveal of the i mean they they've seen the track so they know the atst is there but i love yeah. when they enter the camp and all of a sudden it just lights up i'm a big fan of no matter how cheesy some people think it is i'm a big fan of technology being 
portrayed as an animal. Yes, <laughs> um, it is so I, good. I really love, and this is a flash, this is a sneak preview, whatever you want to call it, to my opinions on Terminator Salvation. I love that movie. I love what Mick G did with the Terminators in that. Everyone growls. Mm -hmm. All of them are animalistic and brutal. And I just love, yeah. I love machines that do that. I, I, like yeah. the, I think what real like first started that with me is Judge Dredd. Mm. The uh, mechanized warrior that he gets, the big, just tough brute guy. He growls, he grunts. I, I don't know if he's supposed to have personality or if he's just an angry C-3PO, but like, I, <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, well, it's like the, uh, the um, I forget the name for them, but the robots in RoboCop that are the first part of the movie. Oh, um, the yeah. Ed 209? Something like that. I trust you to know better than I do. Are you, ta are you talking about the, yeah. you know, put down your weapon, exactly. you have 60 seconds to comply. <laughs> well, those are modeled after birds. Uh, probably like, and i i love amazing stop motion by the oh, way oh yeah it's stunning i love machinery that is modeled after an animal as well like uh, sure. i love the well, these are literally ATSTs. yeah well these are literally called chicken walkers originally yeah um you know that was like those. the code name for them looks more like a puma to me <laughs> <laughs> is that a puma <laughs> oh, gosh, i, I have not uh, thought about that joke in forever it's so funny um <laughs> do you ever wonder why we're here yeah so uh but, you know, add to that the red eyes or the oh, red yeah. cockpit, uh, which just, they know what they were doing. Oh, exactly. Like, I almost want, I almost wish they'd taken a different direction with this and the villagers thought it was a beast. Like, yeah. just a beast in the village. Because th one of the questions that they have is, what's an ATST? Yeah, well, and this, yeah, because her, her whole thing is like, you, you knew about this and didn't tell us, so give us our money. Like, you know, she's, she thinks they knew yeah. that they were more heavily armed than just raiders. But like no, like, and that's the one thing is, it's like I feel like their job would have been easier if they used the ATAT or ATST. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I almost want this like mythological, like you know, beast yeah. in the the forest. It's not a beast; it's an ATST. <laughs> Ma'am, that's a gun dark. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it stole my baby. So, but I I enjoy that they make ATSTs dangerous. Um, and we'll have to kind of move on here. Uh, we've rambled and gushed a lot, but um, yeah, I, I like that they make them dangerous. You know, it, the Battle of Endor kind of built it up, but then the Ewoks are more than ready, and all their traps do a great job of disarming them. So it's like, eh, I guess they weren't so bad. Um, and overall, ATATs get all the love. So to see an ATST like, you know, feared mm -hmm. is a big deal. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, trading out a camel for a flamingo. <laughs> exactly. So there, but uh, it kind of ends with them being able to take it down. Uh, the villagers help them take out the raiders themselves, and in the end, you know, comes the big thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mando's given the choice. You know, Omera offers for him to stay. He wants to leave the kid, which I was when that came out. I was like, "What? No, that's your baby, sir." <laughs> what, what? What in the world? I legit. I thought two things legitimately, and this shows how simple I am. I thought number one, that was real. He was going to leave the child, and this was not going to be a season-long gimmick yeah or number two the kid was going to get killed because it turns out there was a bounty hunter chasing them yeah um i thought both of those were reasonable <laughs> possibilities that's what's exciting yeah. about new star wars is there's no promises dog yeah we've relied so much on movies that we've seen before right. and gimmicks that we've seen over and over again within the star wars universe yeah this is brand new yeah like, so you think they would not like, oh, that's a cash cow. Why would they do that? But at the same time, like, did they know it was going to be huge? Like, they probably just decided, eh, well, he can't tote this kid around forever, can he? Because mm -hmm. certainly he's thinking about that. The character is trying to figure out the best way to get rid of him mm -hmm. uh, in a compassionate way. He w he wants what's best for the kid. Yeah. But when, again, they're tailed by bounty hunters. And so he's like, yeah, he's safe nowhere. Best, best to keep him with me. So, yeah, it kind of. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. Um, obviously sets up the relationship with him and Cara Dune. It, I think, is definitely where... You mentioned he has a lot of dad moments when we were watching this, and I agree. I think that that's meant to train that into his character in this moment. Yeah. is This is starting to, again, be that time where it's like, I'm not necessarily relying on the guild. I'm not relying on my clan. It's kind of just me and this kid. I have to 
I have to decide what's right. I have to mm-hmm. do what's best. Um, and so I think these are the sorts of things that build into his character for the finale that leads to him, you know, putting his life on the line for this kid. Yeah. So, uh, but overall, really, really great, great episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Very well done. Yeah. Oh, uh, so much uh, to love about it. So now that we've talked about what we like, apparently now we have to talk about what we what don't you like. like. <laughs> I do like it. So you're going to have to lead a little bit uh, on this one just for the sake because you like this episode. Um uh, this is chapter five. This is yours. The glun, the glunslinger, the no, gunslinger. You got them mixed up. I like, I like chapter four. You like chapter five more than I like chapter five. Ah. Oh, I like parts of chapter five. <laughs> right. I don't like much of it. <laughs> yeah, you don't like the main character. Uh, basically, he's not even a main character. I think he's, you're giving him too much credit. He's a character. <laughs> he's unfortunately entangled deeply <laughs> with the Mando. Okay. He's along for the ride. Steel Wars is going to come out of nowhere and just slap you across the face because he loves Toro Calvin. <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. Um, like, I'm not saying this is an opinion everybody should have. Yeah. I, uh, if I had to put any one as skippable or one I wouldn't rewatch, if not for the sake of talking about it, it's probably this one. I literally love every other episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I will take the Jawas over over this guy um well a lot of people would apparently uh apparently yeah um it it's one of those episodes that it starts with a really cool action shot where you know there's this dog fight between mando and another bounty hunter which was kind of an opportunity to show off some of the garage visual effects that they were doing and everything which i really love i like that the other guy though quotes mando yeah i can um, bring you in warmer i can bring you in yeah cold. i like to believe that's the moment he decided that guy could get could die <laughs> oh yeah he's like that's my line which he literally says right um so yeah i i enjoy man the the things they were able to do with the effects because also the just opening shot of him uh coming to tatooine mm-hmm. looks so fantastic it like looks i thought so good I thought Rogue One did a great job capturing 1977 Star Wars look, but, you know, I, I feel like this took yeah. that and, it, you know, even more enhanced it. Even practically in, while, while he's walking through Mos Eisley, it yeah. still looks so good. Yeah, which, uh, yeah, it was such a big thing. And, I mean, you know, just the way they were so careful and, and, and loving in recreating mm-hmm. this familiar environment. Um which is a hive of scum and villainy. I mean, of course, eventually <laughs> he's going to show up at, at Moss Eisley's cantina. So, yeah. or really Chalum's uh, cantina. And one of the things that I really enjoy is when we get to see these great shots that we saw in the trailer come to life. Yeah. And context for them, except for this. Although it can be assumed. What do you mean? I mean, uh, when he's walking past the pikes with the stormtrooper helmets on top. Oh, you mean how it kind of came about? Yeah. Or, oh, okay. Like, I imagine that Stormtroopers tried, they tried to take over Moss Eisley, but it was one of those scenes, like, you walk into a bar, you pull a gun, and everyone in the bar has guns. <laughs> like, yeah, that, this is Texas. That whole West trip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to tell, tell Justin about it. We have so many people we love in Texas, it's not even funny. No, um, yeah, this is, it's really nice to get the context of this just very wow shot. And, um, yeah. I mean, obviously Empire had a presence on Tatooine. Um, obviously. To a point. Yeah. They kind of looked over the cities and they only looked away from business that benefited the Empire, obviously like hut business and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's, you know, telling how old this, this shrine or, or this, yeah. uh, you know, Roman era warning road uh is you know because romans used to do this sort of thing this was the kind of thing of this is what happens to outsiders kind of business and um no but like to yeah finally see that shot play out like you know it's just such a different environment it's it's such a different tatooine um yeah uh, this would be about uh 10 or 11 years no uh this would maybe be closer to 12 years later um 12 years after episode four, at least. Yeah. Um, it's, I just love Tatooine so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know why. I mean, it's a staple. I get everybody's criticisms of it showing up everywhere, but at the same it, time, it's Tatooine, man. It's the Star Wars planet. If yeah, you know, I that's where I hate to put it that way. The but, story began. Quite yeah, literally. like so much of the story is tied to to that world. So, you know, I feel like this is the guest <laughs> guest yeah. episode. And honestly, like get special guest Tatooine, <laughs> special guest Tatooine, and also special guest Amy Sedaris. Very funny Is that female the comedian. Yes. Okay. Uh, Amy Sedaris has been on television for as long as I see. Can I remember. was more excited about Mina Wen. Oh yes. Um, also, she I she's probably the only thing I liked about Agents of Shield when I watched it. Really? Yeah. Um, Not Phil. Hmm? Agent Phil. You didn't like Agent no, Phil? No, he looks too much like a boss I used to have. <laughs> <laughs> and I've even told that boss that, and he thought it was a compliment. It wasn't. Um. I didn't enjoy a bit of that show. I have not rewatched it. I have not given it a second chance. And I have recently come to realize how beneficial second chances are to media. So I'm not completely writing it off, but I am saying I did not enjoy most of it. I'll say I didn't like Supergirl until I gave it a second chance. I mean, it happens. And also that that second chance was the episode when Agent Liberty shows up played by Sam Witwer. All of a sudden, I'm invested. Um, so no, so seeing Migna was like really exciting. Uh, I do wish she'd gotten a little more, although she got a very cool character. She for did what she get got. a very cool character. I am interested because of the way the episode ends in such a tease. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still don't know. There's questions of the identity of uh, who shows up. Yeah. At, by her body, it hasn't been confirmed. Do they retrieve her? Do you, you know? Is yeah. is she is? I mean, we've seen people survive worse um literally being cut in half like (laughs) exactly um so i'd kind of be okay if she comes back i'd really be excited about that um yeah we learned she's just she's just such a a great actress i would i would like to see her back yeah i'd like to see her in more things too yeah well i mean um in general you know it's such a big thing to have such prolific actors um Mm -hmm. you know who are people of color showing up in such a beloved media like Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Like, it's such a merging of the times. Dude, when it was announced that, um, holy crap, what is his name? Donnie Yen was going oh, yeah. to be in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. We flipped out. Oh, yeah. Because, like, we love Donnie Yen It's such so a big much. deal. I mean, you know, and uh, that's probably what I love about modern Star Wars is yeah. um, I recognize that 40 years ago, certain people being on film was probably not as favorable. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying George Lucas had those opinions i'm not saying anyone in particular but i'm just saying in general i mean work was not as equally offered oh yeah so coming to a time now where it's a bit better obviously we're human the entire world has opportunities to do even better than it's doing yeah but um yeah certainly diversifying the cast amazing and you want to talk about diversity i mean we get asl Yes, in Star Wars, we do. <laughs> like that is so that is so cool. Also, to me. a fantastic part of this episode. It's a legit ASL signer too. Mm-hmm. Like doing that, he's like, a deaf actor. Um, I I just I really loved that whole thing. Uh, like because it's such an Obi Wan moment of there's alternatives to fighting. Like, exactly. have you tried talking to them? What you can't talk. Oh, and it just makes it so much more tragic. How what happens with Anakin because they're animals. I killed them like animals, and it's just yeah. it's amazing what you can impart from your feelings onto other people that you know oh they these people don't deserve this oh these people are horrible these people don't deserve yeah like but that's just your feelings like that's people are people like do they deserve that projection and um you know i didn't expect to get so much packed into a very humanizing scene for tuscan raiders like it's so significant there's so many bits of mando that is just fantastic overall well like that makes it special like you get characterizations of jawas you get a backstory (laughs) for an ugnaught yeah like like we don't um we didn't really i love the line of you know uh you you talk like a wookie like i love the just ridiculous (laughs) napoleon syndrome these jawas had like just like yeah so snappy (laughs) so snappy it's like I, I've referred to myself as six feet of fight in a five foot three vessel. <laughs> yeah. I feel Jaw- that with Jaws. Yeah. So, uh, no, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's such a great opportunity of having fans create this kind of work. Um, oh, yeah. 
you get people who have thought about what if yeah. for so long that when they finally get the chance, these are the things they do. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that uh, John and Dave and any of the directors missed an opportunity with a what if. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, this episode is directed by Dave and also written That's right. Yeah. Well, cause he, and he makes his, uh, no, it's the cameo next the one next he makes one. in his cameo. He, yeah. uh, Rick, um, Rick Fumiyawa. Thank you. I was going to butcher it, so I mumbled oh, it. Oh, and um, Deborah Chow, right? And Deborah Chow. They're yeah, the X-Men all three pilots. of them. Yeah. I love... It's so... I would have loved oh to see Taika as, like, I don't know, a hanger guard or something. He got IG-11. He arguably got the I, best bit. He did get the best <laughs> Um. Wow. Like, I can't even imagine being in Star Wars. Oh, like, heck no. Oh, my gosh. I anyway. can't even imagine being anywhere near Star Wars. So... We get to Mos Eisley. The setup yeah. is uh, Mando is looking for work. He needs money. Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs repairs. Yeah, his ship is damaged. He needs a baby seat for the baby. <laughs> yes, he needs he some safety features. I, I love that she's just very... What are you um, doing? Yeah. Like, you're a bad dad. <laughs> um, yeah, great great opportunity for humor there. Oh, yeah. um, so he gets offered a job from this up-and-coming guild mm-hmm. wannabe um toro Calkin. Tor- toro yes uh thank you i you know this is probably for me the thing that you have issue with with the next one it's someone playing their character so well yeah that you just cannot stand them and well, you know i'm yeah. i'm not saying there's not likable moments um again he's a he's an unlikable character because that's the part he's playing so you know good job to the actor because he he, he does a not, great job. Well, you know, I think of George R. R. Martinson with the letter to the kid that played um, Joffrey. Yeah. yeah, just like congratulations, the world hates you. Like yeah. you, you've done it. Congratulations. Uh, you know, and um, so I'm not going to levels of yeah. I cannot separate person from uh, oh, character. No. Heck not. Like it's the same thing with the actors from the next episode. I love almost all of them. Well, Clancy Brown's in there. So, of, course. of course, I love Clancy. Yeah. Brown. It's it's really just for me that he does such a good job of being annoying that exactly. I literally cannot stand stand it. So, um, but overall, I enjoy the opportunities it gives Mando to be dad. Mando, or maybe that's exaggerating to be okay. teacher. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think for a moment he's fooled by the kid. No, of course not. Because I think he's learned by now not to trust too carefully, but for sure he's definitely look, using the opportunity to help get the score. Um, of course, overall, it's it's uh, spoiled because uh, Toro ends up... So Mando leaves him guarding Ming-Na Wen, who plays this assassin, just wanted criminal. Um, mm-hmm. So that's who they're going after. That's the, the payday. Mm-hmm. And they get her, and they're like... I don't even remember why Mando has to go back to the... I'm trying to find it. Like we're we're looking at the Wikipedia, by the way. Just to just to be clear here, uh... I don't remember why. For some reason, they split up, and it gives Ming Na Wen a chance. Um, I'm sorry, uh, Phoenix Shand is her character. Yes. I, I I apologize for continuing to not mention that. But oh, he had to go find the dewback that she was writing. Oh, gotcha. To be able to get back. Oh, yeah. right, because one of the speeders gets shot down. That's exactly. right. Exactly. So, yes, it gives an opportunity for her to kind of sow deceit because she's heard of the incident on Navarro that led to Mando being on the run. So she's like, hey, you think I'm worth a lot? He's worth a lot more. He's got some very valuable thing. Uh, What if we team up and go after it? And he's like, what if I go after it and kill you? Exactly. Which number one, dude, (laughs) dude, two paydays. Get both. Like, come on. Learn the hustle, dude. I mean, I, I know his whole thing is I can't travel. I can't trust you to travel with me. You're going to... You're over- going to kill me. Yeah, You're so, going to do exactly what I'm going to do to you. I get it. But at the same time, I'm just like, ah, oh, I knew I did not like you yeah. at all. Also, uh, Mando gets his boba line. He says, she's no good to us dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, Got to work it in there. So, yeah. um, of course, then he's obviously going after Mando and the kid. But Mando ain't having that, so uh, it ends in a good good old shootout and everything. But uh, like I said, at the end, somebody shows up and um, overlooks the body of Fennec Shand. Not sure who that is. A lot of people think it's Gideon. I don't know. I don't know why he would care. Honestly. I don't know why he'd be there. I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe um, like it's another guild member. Some people have pointed out. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Made. He's from the aftermath books, and it's escaping me because I I know it until I need that information. But yeah. <laughs> uh, he's basically this Mando armored wearing sheriff in town, self appointed kind of character. Okay. Um, and so a lot of people are like, because he he's on Tatooine, like he basically helped fight back against the Empire, which could be why there are the spikes and there's the kind of memorial of hey, this is what we think of the Empire kind of thing. Um. Who knows? I mean, it. They could end up making it anyone. Mm-hmm. Maybe they thought maybe it was meant to be Gideon, but they change it in season two. Who knows maybe. who it is? Um, who shot Dale Cooper? <laughs> right. We won't know until the next season. Exactly. And, and so it's a really stupid answer. It's a it's a good episode overall. Like I said, um, while being critical of it, I have to give praise to an actor who does the job of making an unlikable character unlikable because that's the whole point. Um, but overall. Not bad. Not bad. If anything, again, it's a moment for the Mando to shine. Yeah. Um, and a lot of little moments that make it watchable. Sure. It's it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. um, so that's fun. Now we move on to one that you like less that I like more. Speaking of unlikable characters. So the character I was thinking of is Cobb Vanth. I looked him up during the break. Um, believe it or not, the ads that run are real time. We take a break smoke a pack and uh come back ready readier than ever we smoke a pack of candy cigarettes thank you very much <laughs> uh picked a wrong day to quit <laughs> keep it lit. no um it was it i'm one of those people that bugs me till i i recognize it but yeah he's a criminal turn or maybe criminal we don't really know much about him before he puts on some mandalorian armor and becomes sheriff of freetown as it's known. Freetown, um, USA. It's been so long since I've reread uh, the Aftermath. Like, it kind of, in, in going back to uh, double-check my reference, I realized, wow, those were the first books uh, in New Disney. Like, that's five years ago now. Like, that's wow. That's so five it's years? Been, uh, pretty close to it. Man. Like, the first book. So it's been, a, it's been nearly five years since I've read those books. Um, obviously I think the latest one came out like 2017 or something like that, but nonetheless, uh, it's been a while. So I, I need to revisit that obviously if I can't remember mm-hmm. Cobb Vanth, but anyway, go read some aftermath uh, read or it. not. I don't know. Chuck Wendig's apparently controversial. So, but I enjoyed his books. Don't yeah. Know, don't know him, but I liked his books. There you go. That can be said for a lot of Star Wars folks is I appreciate the work that you've done for this thing that we like maybe don't know you as a person don't know you definitely don't know, don't know definitely don't know you as a person but like yeah i mean even experiences we yeah. have with people i mean it's our singular moment experience it's not the entirety of that person so yeah exactly who knows what i mean you know but anyway um chapter six so this is one uh where we kind of divide in a different way where i like it more than you like it yeah um i like most of the people in it but that's about it yeah, so, I mean, if you want to kind of, like, that's your redeemable qualities of this episode, yeah. apparently. Yeah, uh, you have Bill Burr as Bill Burr. You have Bill Burr Biggins. Yeah, you like him. Mayfield. As a person? Like, just... I, I honestly don't know much about him. Okay. I've never... See, I, I, I will agree with you in that his character is very much, very Toro kind of levels of, you do a good job. You know why he does? He does a good job yeah. because he's a stand-up comedian. And that comes through with how he talks to people in this episode, I, where it's just very, like, bitey and just gruff. And I'm like... That's the thing, is I don't like mean characters. Yeah, well... He seems very mean. And I know. Like, it, maybe that's just the inner Hufflepuff coming out, but just, I don't like mean <laughs> characters. I mean, if anything, they get their comeuppance. Oh, yeah. I'll say. They definitely do. I he, hope he's that... He's definitely just despicable uh, as a character. Uh, you know, we're not talking about any people here. We're not criticizing people. This I is... Know. Same thing as Tor- Toro Calican in terms of I'm they're not sure them. he's a decent fella. I just sure. don't know much about him. Um, you know, Bill Burr is he's a stand-up comedian, so obviously he's sandpaper with a lot of people. Yeah, and I, I don't know that. I've seen a couple of interviews when I heard that he was going to be in this because apparently that was a big deal. A lot of people knew him, but overall, I see a lot of what makes him a good comedian coming mm-hmm. through in this. In terms of that, you got to be sarcastic. You got to be snappy. You got to be you know. 
Yeah. It's tough. My brand of humor is John Mulaney, if that gives you any context. Like, <laughs> Relatable. <laughs> I like just weird stories and a very weird affectation of speaking. Uh-huh. Like, that's why I like John Mulaney and Eddie Izzard. You that, like, those are my you like men favorites. who were once boys in Victorian gowns. And... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> John Mulaney is like... So funny. Top tier comedy. Uh, you have Natalia Tena. Tina? I'm is not that sure. Tonks? Yes, that is Tonks. Okay. That's the uh, only point of reference I have for her prior to this, I will yeah. say. Uh, she is Jian, I think, is the pronunciation of her name. She's the Toilek, if you didn't know. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, Zian? Zian. See, yeah. I, I pronounce X's as Z's because mm-hmm. of Xiaolin Showdown. Yeah. But that's just me. I missed that show. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, like, watched me back oh, in my time gosh, for Xiaolin Showdown. Show. Anyway, so... Oh. So she was Tonks. Uh, she was also the wildling in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, I will say I just absolutely love the... I, I really enjoy Tonks. Um, Tonks and that's coming from someone who's only seen her in the films. Mm-hmm. I stopped reading at book f- three or four. I think I read Azkaban. Yeah. Um, and I kind of stopped there because I was like, it's not going to get better than this. Um, <laughs> not to, I, I don't mean to piss off any. Liz is going to come after you and eat you. Here's your the, I, lo- I love the world of Harry Potter from the film's perspective. Um, yeah. And, well, you're and the, the same way with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It's just, um, I appreciate lore. Mm-hmm. I, like, uh, I love the lore of Tolkien more than the writing of Tolkien. I love, there's certain. I get it. He talks about the beauty of trees like a lot, and <laughs> well, for no, someone like me who's just, into that, I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just for me. I read very specifically, um, and apparently, I I just I've discovered that I apparently read what a lot of people don't enjoy reading. Like, like one of my books. favorite sci-fi authors, uh, a lot of people have a lot of criticism of apparently, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh okay, um, I thought he did amazing, but sure. He wrote my favorite trilogy of books from uh, the Halo universe and everything. And mm-hmm. like, I've just never encountered some, and this is someone who has not read an entirety of sci-fi stuff, but I've not encountered someone that's written sci-fi the way he does and, and narrated space battle the way he does. And mm-hmm. um, Eric Nyland, I think is okay. amazing. Joseph Stanton um, is amazing. Karen Travis, phenomenal. She's written Star Wars and Halo. Um, and I'm not just saying this because, uh, we're talking about Halo on uh, Nerdyverse, and that but it's in your it's, brain. It, it is revisiting these things. It reminds me of how amazing these people are. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I only uh, know Tonks from the films. She's a very likable, quirky character. She is. She's I hate great. that she doesn't appear more. I know I would mm-hmm. get more if I read the books, but I'm just saying that the little bit we get of this actress portraying her mm-hmm. versus the just absolutely like wackadoodle character I, she plays yeah character. i'm gonna mention that <laughs> she's just very whoa um, okay uh you have clancy brown of course as oh Berg. my gosh he is large <laughs> yeah and still George, got like still got it like he is i looked it up he's six foot three yes he is he's very tall he's a tall boy why why are people that tall um he's a full I, foot taller than i am John. yeah i i love clancy brown i love um, him too as someone who's gotten so much voice work lately in his in his mm-hmm. um more mature life and well your seth trooper just hello they don't like when i talk about clancy brown apparently um <laughs> talking about other red people what are you talking about you know and i could just be yeah. disconnect i haven't consumed everything clancy brown's in but mm-hmm. i haven't seen him in film in a long time yeah till this so this was a very <laughs> oh my gosh like because i grew up i love starship troopers yeah. i love the character like the sergeant Dude. character he plays i love um oh, i hate this movie and love this movie i love uh highlander he's such a great bad guy which is one of his yeah. first big roles and everything i love pet cemetery too so oh, like God. i get it like he's oh, so good he's so amazing and he's such a good actor the, such a fun guy <laughs> the last thing that i really watched him in was sleepy hollow do you remember that show yeah he was so good in that what did he what he was the sheriff that dies in the first episode (laughs) really yeah oh my gosh i haven't seen that movie in so long no he's the show not the movie there's a show did you not know no add that to the list we're gonna watch it okay wow i really love the movie um Mm -hmm. i I don't know how controversial that is so basically ichabod crane uh gets 
I don't remember if he gets launched into the future or if he like dies air quotes and is resurrected with the oh this is one of those like when it was yeah popular to modernize and it's really good interesting i i I mean if clancy brown's in it um for the first so now i mean we can't just praise it for clancy brown um and we also can't spend too much (laughs) time on this but he's also i I love that he plays a devronian oh yeah i love getting to see a devronian character yeah and you've also got one of my favorite personal actors in british comedy richard iwari iwari oh he's the droid right he's from uh it crowd he's from it crowd he's good friends with no fielding like he was in the mighty boosh Old oh, baby. Like, oh, gotcha. come on. I, I, don't, I didn't like, like that, that show. show. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of it. But, like, um, he's very funny, but it's good to see him. Well, we also get the guy that played the, like, um, gangster, um, the Batman gangster guy yeah. from the Nolan movies. Ishmael Cruz Cordova? Is that him? Uh, he he played the guy at Ranzer that um, hired Mando. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mark Boone Jr. That's him. Yes. Um, he's does his thing here i mean he just plays yeah. bad guys like he, he's just he does like playing uh the brother of jean is ishmael cruz cordova Ken, you're saying Ken. a lot of names right now tonks's brother the oh gotcha the male um, uh Twi'lek. oh gosh i can't even yeah. remember how to ken? pronounce his name ken? it's ken his name is ken it's q u it's q i n no u it's quinn i think i think they say yeah. quinn i'm pretty know. sure She's got a weird accent. We I like, don't know. She's wearing fangs. <laughs> we binged it in and whatnot. And again, this week is wearing thin, but no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like her. I thought she was a fun character. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what it is. I just think she's fun. Um, I like how she plays the psychotic. Yeah. She plays she like really Feruza Bolt character of just like. That's why you like her. <laughs> you because to, you love you Feruza Bolt. You want me to kill him? I'll kill him for you. Um, also, apparently, she was super into Mando, and he turned her down yeah. as part of the... Oh, wait a minute. Is that why you're okay with, like, all the gothic stuff that I want to put in the house? Because it reminds you of Fruza <laughs> No, I just like gothic stuff. It reminds me of my soul. And Fruza Very black, you know, very covered in cobwebs. Well, yeah, but I'm in there sometimes. So anyway, this crew's put together because <laughs> um, a guy reaches out to Mando for a job again he's hurting for cash so he's taking it and it reconnects him with a crew who's kind of familiar and that you've got Jean and Quinn although mm-hmm. he doesn't know about Quinn Quinn's in prison the whole deal is it's a prison break yeah um an official prison break like mm-hmm. he's in like republic prison yeah well and that's something praiseworthy of this is wow we get new republic um, this is our glimpse of New Republic in, in this show. Uh, we see that they use droids for security. We see what made them very soft. We see what led to the First Order being able to be like, hey, no. <laughs> we don't accept this new regime. Uh, we have gingers. We... <laughs> like, no. Yeah, we gingers are against uh, this new world order. Um, Personally, as a ginger. I, you know, um, I'm trying to think. Okay, so... You know, I know you don't like some of the characters in this and everything. I mm-hmm. really love the action. I really love the, the combat scenes, the shootout scenes. Um, highlighting my favorite moments are... So, they... The whole deal yeah. is they need Mando's ship for some reason. Because it's fast, I think. They hook the droid up. Um, the IT crowd guy plays uh, Zero, who is basically yeah. just a very bug bugginoid droid character. And basically, he runs an out, a flight pattern that helps them circumvent the detection of mm-hmm. the mobile prison. It's basically just like a ship prison. Um, I don't know if they're being transported or if that's literally just. The I think prison. it's a transport. I think it's just a prison. Maybe. But I mean, I either know. way, they're they're the, they're in cells. So the idea is they get there, they find out. Oh, hey, dang! It's uh, yeah, it's uh, Quinn or uh, it's um, Tonks's brother Jean. i'm sorry i forgot how to just say there, Jean. Jean. um it it's her brother uh and apparently there's just this whole again they used to work together it's this whole thing so they locked mando in the jail cell and yeah. then try to escape it, i'll say that i don't hate this entire episode i like the last maybe five minutes 
Well, yeah, that's the most, it, like, yeah, that's the biggest part. Because Mando just starts picking them off one by one. Right. So, because the whole thing is they set off an alarm and there's one guy left, <laughs> the only human apparently, and he's played by Matt Lantner, which I love that this is his freaking cameo because and it's so silly. His his credit is literally New Republic soldier. <laughs> uh, he's such a he didn't sweetie. Even have a name. He's just like, so cute because, and Mando's all just like, hey. Don't look at him. Listen to me. Listen, like, listen to me. Let's you know, Ma- Mando's trying to operate with morals, whereas everybody else has isn't. no morals, and that's like, the, that's the rub. Um, but he activated a detonation, like, or not a detonation, uh, activated a beacon that calls more troops. No, no, no. He is about to activate a beacon when he gets shot. That activates the beacon because he kind of twitches. Eh, semantics, yeah. but. Yeah, so either way, like, okay, we've got we've to hurry. Yeah. So the bad guys, they lock Mando away and are hurrying to try and get back to the ship. Um, but like you said, Mando escapes because he's Mando. Because he's Mando. I love his, like, it's just, so good. you know, next level, next level, next level of just taking out these characters. And he, it's very much like that first episode where, you know, guy's perusing the cabin and all of a sudden he shows up. It's very much that of just... I know. Where'd he, you come from? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like I know it's not realistic, but I'm here for it. It's like Jason Voorhees, like that <laughs> tall man. Oh, well, played by Kane Hodder. Like, where did he come and from? And this How is did he just get very much. You've threatened what's important to me. Yeah. You've put me and my child at risk. I am going ham. Yeah, Papa um, Bear has kicked in. What I love is the reveal at the end, though, um, because I love when he gets back to uh, Ranzer and what happened to the rest of them. He, they got what they deserved. Yeah. I love that line. And then the reveal at the end that he just put him in prison. Exactly. He locked them away. I love that so much because that's so... It shows his morals. Oh, yeah. It shows don't mess with me, but at the same time, I'm not a murderer. Because mm-hmm. he very well could have killed every single one of them and, and been justified. And it insinuates that he does. Yes. It, in, it cuts away every time just before. It's like this, oh, crap. You know? Yeah. Um, it insinuates that, and so I love that that counters expectations in that, oh, he's not evil. He's not just downright bad, mm-hmm. and that's what makes him our protagonist. Yeah, it makes me worried, like, one day when we have a kid, will I become less evil? Because, like, my, <laughs> my chaotic nature is what I thrive See, on. See, it's already happening. This is the process of, of anti-Vegeta-ism, where by, by association with me and your just awesome spouse, you are slowly just softening and becoming more human. But I am the hype! No, eventually you're going to be taken over by a wizard, but then you're going to realize family's important and you're going to kill yourself, and it's just going to be happy. And if you're not in on the joke, I'm talking about <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Bad man. Yeah. <laughs> Bad man and Bulma. Um, oh, you're my Bulma. That's, no, I'm, I'm much more <laughs> yeah. Vegeta than Bulma, as much as I'd love to claim yeah. that wonderful credit but no I, I i think that's what i love about this episode is it's just a way for manda to show off oh yeah um it gets a lot of fun characters you get a, a couple of cool twi'lek characters which it's always just nice to get them personified it's nice to have non-human races put in the forefront yeah of an episode i love the new republic stuff and again i just love the hunt down scenes oh, i yeah. love well the whole thing it's with so berg cool. even is so cool like i love the whole thing of he just keeps <laughs> he just keeps coming back yes um, why won't you die right um but i'd expect no less of uh Davronian, uh of <laughs> clancy brown's status you know um yeah. it's just a really solid episode i think i i yeah I, I, as much as you can understand why I don't like Toro Calican, I understand why you don't like these characters. Because mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like Bill Burr's character. I don't like, I think it's Wesley or, what's his dad? It's Mayfield. It's close enough. They're both, they're just both annoying names. Mayfield, whatever. Um, you think Wesley's an annoying name? <laughs> I've only ever known annoying Wesleys. I'm sorry. Excuse uh, me. What? Carrie Ellis. Yes. <laughs> it's his pride, but... is that his name yes oh i just know him as just uh drip pirate roberts or what's his name <laughs> is that his name am i digging myself a grave <laughs> we're gonna talk about this later i w- don't worry everyone i'll i'll learn them it's one of those movies learn. i don't remember the names i just remember the quotes <laughs> now we're worried oh yes the pit of despair exactly oh gosh i love that and i love the reference to that in holes of just like you know the very 
Huh? I love the fact that the grandpa is Columbo. I, I would want my grandpa to be Columbo. Right. Right? I mean, I mean your grandpa was pretty cool, but he wasn't Columbo. True. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's as close as you could come for an average man. So I, I think overall, yeah. solid, solid episode. Also, we have the director cameo, which is Dave Filoni as Trapper Wolf. You have Rick Femiyam, Fem, Fem, please pronounce it. Fumiyama. Thank you. As Who directed your daughter. This episode. Yes. And Deborah Chow as Sash Ketter. Yeah. I wonder if they let them make their own name. Probably because Dave Filoni named himself Trapper Wolf. Well, I mean, he can pull rank on this one easily. He really can. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the conversation this week. We were, I don't know what we were. Uh, we're here. We had fun, though. Uh, as we tend to do when we put the mic in front of us, we have fun. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. If not, you can write a letter to your local local statesman, and uh, they will do nothing about it. Exactly. But they can don't care do about it. a Star Wars. Um, no, we would love to hear, we really would, uh, what some of your favorite Mando stuff is. We're, hard to believe, but we're going to talk about the last two episodes next week. Um, hopefully, by then, maybe, we'll have some things to talk about about season two, just because um, Entertainment Weekly's... Um, I wanted to say article. It's a book. Magazine. <laughs> uh, drops September yeah. 18th, I want to say. Honestly, we have more information about The Witcher Season 2 than we do about The Mando Season 2. Right. So with Entertainment Weekly's issue coming out soon, yeah. uh, we saw images, which are look great, promising. Look fantastic. Um, with the issue coming out, I have to believe that the trailer's not far behind, so I'm hopeful. <laughs> Maybe by then we'll be able to talk about it, but... Uh, until then, you can let us know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what are some of your favorite Mando moments from the last two episodes? Those are big ones, so we cannot wait to talk about them. Uh, still undecided if we'll do an overall recap or just floaty kind of discussion episode about The Mandalorian and whatnot, but uh, just stick with us. Uh, if you uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and subscribe to the show, you'll get whatever we put out whenever we put it out, so you'll know. But... Love it or leave it. Uh, yeah, thank you to everybody that listens. Thank you for everyone that puts up with the ads. Please and don't leave us. All the good stuff. Uh, thank you to our patrons, especially that pay for this for some reason. Uh, we definitely appreciate your support and input. Um, we're looking forward to uh, what's next. Again, exciting Mando episodes, but even then we've got some fun stuff for October. Spooky month is almost upon us, and we're excited for it. Man, every month's spooky month if you're spooky. Yeah, if you're spooky enough. So don't forget, uh, we've got Nerdyverse coming out later this week with a nerd dump of more Halo content. Um, hopefully uh, you guys have been enjoying that. That's very different. I've been enjoying it. But um, yeah, let us know what you think of that. Uh, I, I like being able to put so much work into something else I love. Oh, yeah. Um, you Get know. ready. Yeah, it's going to be a lot more info dump. Yeah. Um, not nearly as heavy as the last one. A lot last one was super sci-fi so the next one is just very uh, very much more story i think yeah. it's gonna I, you know it's a little bit different every different era of halo is very different so yeah. uh looking forward to talk about that um thank you to red five network who gives our podcast a little home a little shelter and a little family to love um if you like our podcast there's many better podcasts out there and most of them belong to red five so you can check out red5.network.com mm -hmm. and look up all of those awesome peoples uh you can also check out game infinite um we work with them to promote star wars creators uh over on instagram with star wars infinite but uh even still if you like art cosplay uh and so much more of your favorite games then game infinite's probably got it so Check them out on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, anything else? Any last comments? We left out um, someone when I was reading off the list. Okay. It was Car Weathers. Do you know who Car Weathers was? Grief Carga. Dylan! Dylan! <laughs> Fishing too many pencils. <laughs> <laughs>